0: Fan Freaks Podcast, where we freak out about any comics, games, movies, and any media in between, and I am <laughs> your host, James
1: Dr. Rude Ramos, joined by... Hey everyone, Adrian, the masterful dude of doodliness, the face that runs the place to host with the most, and we have the most grandos film critic, resident film critic of Fan Freaks, the American culture critic, is back on the airwaves. How you doing, Paul Anthony Yosis? I'm doing great, gentlemen. How about yourselves? Uh, good. We're 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 all recording in our respective homes, respecting yes. uh, respecting the quarantine that we haven't respected in a while. Anyway, <laughs> 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 that's beside the point. Uh, today's show, I think it's a it's an all stars, isn't that right, Doctor
0: Rude? That's right, folks. We're doing all stars. No, wait, wait. Superman, what is it? Superman All-Stars? All-Star Superman? I get those mixed up. Well, it's an all-stars episode, but today is because
1: we have Paul and we have James and we have me. It's a all-stars list of all-star Superman stories, like the best stories that that Clark Kent has ever had. Or Valzad, if you want to go that route. Who's Clark Kent? (laughs) <laughs> well, he's that reporter isn't he yes he's that reporter yeah. from the daily planet I believe
0: mm. um,
1: but uh, I think it's going to be a very special episode but let's start off with our recents uh, Paul what have you been watching reading I doubt you play you don't play but what have you been watching or reading
2: I've um, been doing a lot of Netflix lately you know for any, ch- any chilling involved i'll never tell um gentleman never reveals that sort of thing regardless i
0: don't uh, know what you're talking about i talk about it all the time (laughs) like i said gentlemen never (laughs) discuss fair valid (laughs) carry on um
2: dark it was one of my major binges oh the ending is so weird Uh, but but oh so satisfying when 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 Without saying or revealing anything, it's just, it's one of those, you just have to watch it. You cannot have it as background, and
1: it it hit a home run in the ending. Isn't it a German show?
2: Yes. So you have, and I recommend subtitles. Don't do the English translation. No. No, you lose so much. You They're have to both
0: equally weird.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what else have you been watching? That's Dark on Netflix. What else have yeah. you been watching? I've actually binged Lucifer. I came into it Ooh. late, and I love that show. Really? Uh, <laughs> that, that's uh, Doctor Rude and I have a have a particular bone uh, in honor of Bone King, who's not here right now, mostly because he doesn't know Superman all that well, but. Lucifer, man, I tried two seasons, and it's way too much of a cop procedural for me to get into it.
0: Yep, uh, I'm, not, I'm not here for it. It, it, it. See, So my problem is, and this is why I don't watch trailers, because it's an effort to curve my own expectations, because my expectations are my own worst enemy. It's what happened with Gotham, and it's what happened with Lucifer. I was expecting it to be like the comics, where it's mostly about Lucy and the club, but it's not. It's right. all about him fawning over what's-her-face and, right. and him being like a cop, basically. Like, it's not what I'm here for. Right. It's well, hey,
2: Cam, Coming from a place where I do not have a fealty to the source material. Right. Okay, I'm coming in blind from it. I'm enjoying it for what it is. It's ridiculous. It's goofy. You can tell that the actors are having some, are having a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, There's some episodes that I're like I could do without, but I've been enjoying the experience for the most part.
1: And I've also been catching up on the blacklist. I've heard good things about that show. But, but I, really quick, before we leave Lucifer, I really do want to say the main actor is a. Tom stellar, yes, he's a stellar actor for the role.
0: Oh yeah, no. He the, the, the casting wanted, for him I, yeah, could I, not have been better. Like he is the that the, the exact kind of charismatic you want for a Lucifer that you like. Like he's that guy, uh, hands down. I the, I agree the with good that. guy Lucifer reg- mm-hmm. was what I mean. Because you could go the other way, and there's the charismatic Lucifer that you like that's not a good guy, which is the one from Supernatural, which we all kind of like, but we regret liking. No, I love him 100%. He's such, a, he's such a good character. He's an asshole, but he's such a good character.
1: But but Tom Ellis, all I yeah. need him is to be smoking cigarettes and be blonde. But then again, that's just John Constantine.
0: You want Tom Ellis to
1: be Constantine? No, I want Tom Ellis to be smoking cigarettes and be blonde. Oh, I, like see, I see. or
0: Morningstar. Gotcha. Uh, but well, and also, and I mean... They did it's have a
2: minor... I'm sorry. They did have a minor meet in Crisis on Infinite Earths. The, they uh, did? And that, you, that was actually mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, it was really well done.
1: Uh, but but you were talking about the Blacklist. Uh, that's with James Spader, right?
2: Yes, and he's sublime in it. Um, the radio no strings on me. <laughs> he's only... He, I've only done a couple of episodes. Um... I can see where it's going to go down a major rabbit hole really fast. So it's going to test my patience, but watching him perform is just a thing of beauty.
1: You could tell when an actor wants to do the role and when they don't. And and I think that James Spader is very finicky when it comes to his roles. Like if you watched his, I guess, uh, his season long character of the office, you could tell he he didn't care to be there but he but he's james fucking spader he'll do whatever he wants Mm -hmm. um is is, i forgot he was on the office so so did everyone else uh (laughs) uh is that it paul do you have anything else or have you Uh, that's pretty much it off the top of my head all right uh dr rude what you've been doing watching reading plan
0: Frothy likes it when we, when we shout him out on the podcast. So, uh, you know, shout out to Frothy and Hunt Showdown. <laughs> also, uh, shout out to Scrap, who started That's listening
1: right. to us. Yeah. And uh, they've been criticizing me watching Golden Girls. <laughs> and I don't appreciate it. Golden Girls is no, 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 hands no. down top five greatest sitcom of all time.
0: No, they are wrong, objectively speaking. Um, but, you know, one of them's Canadian. So what are you going to do? Yeah, they didn't get Golden Girls till, like, the 90s, so. (laughs) Uh, But, um, yeah, I mean, other than that, I'm going to be honest with you, I haven't been doing much because work has been kicking my butt. Uh, Still reading Spidey comics, picking them up every week, which, I'm not going to lie, it still feels nice. Like, it feels nice to be doing that. I've honestly never done that. Like, I've never bought comics every week. This is the first time in my life I've ever done it. It's pretty Mm -hmm. cool. Not only
1: that, you yeah. get you get to, you get to rem- like you get to go there, and the people know you, and then they start talking to you. It's it's such a it's something that nobody really talks
0: about. The guy that owns uh, my shop doesn't want to be friends with anybody. He, he, he's very he's very A comics. Um comics. <laughs> <laughs> the other guy who works there he's much friendlier.
2: comics, actually. What was that, Paul? I was about to say Sunshine Comics. It sound, oh, my God. I don't even remember the name of the proprietor of that guy. That guy was about as antisocial as you could get.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, nah, there, uh, were, there were two cats yeah. at Max Comics that treated me like shit. All because I was asking, like, what's a good book right now? And they were just <laughs> like, don't talk to me. Why are you talking to me? I hope it wasn't Mike. <laughs> Uh, no, it was, uh, I forgot his name, but I'm not going to like out him on the podcast now. (laughs) Uh,
0: But other than that, that's pretty much all I've been watching. Like I said, I'm still catching up on Supernatural. Turns out I'm not as far behind as I initially said I was, which is interesting. Like Jojo and I were here watching season nine and we just kept like guessing the next plot point. And then we realized, oh, we saw this season already. I hate when that happens. So uh, we well, you we skipped ahead to where we actually left off, which is uh, season 11, the Nephilim season. Right. That's where we are. And other than that, I've been reading the family plot. Uh, what's the family plot about, if I may ask? Horror novel. Uh, it's really hard to say anything without spoiling it, but it's really good. And, uh, yeah. And like I said, I've recently like rediscovered my love of like horror literature and, uh, that's the kind of shit that I'm into. I mean, I especially like, like haunted places like, like where it's not like, it's not just one ghost that haunts a place, but where it's like the place itself that's evil. You know what I mean? Right. Like an eldritch city or, you know, the Haunting of Hill House or the Rose Manor, like the place itself being evil. That really gets to me. I love that shit. Uh, how do you feel about uh, 1308. That's another good one.
1: That's a great one. To, and it was a good movie, I feel. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Paul, how do you feel about horror literature? You don't really talk about horror a lot, actually, in your culture critic reviews. I don't remember any time you reviewed horror um actually yeah i've
2: re- i've reviewed a couple of them including the most recent halloween and um oh, oh what was the other one that really made an impression on me uh don't breathe oh i haven't seen that one i've heard you good things
1: about sure. Don't Breathe.
2: that one was a surprise to me of how well executed it was it hmm. was really suspenseful And, uh, just, it just blew me away. I mean, it was one of the more positive reviews that I've given on my blog. Um, and yeah, I'm into horror. I don't, uh, you're into good horror. (laughs) Yeah. Not schlock and, uh, not the, the usual sleepaway camp, you know, bloody gore sort of thing.
1: Okay, listen, hold on. We all were shocked at the end of Sleepaway Camp, all right? We didn't expect (laughs) that. (laughs) That's funny. I was very confused when I saw
0: that at nine years old. (laughs) So, dude, Um, yeah, what do you got? What have you been into?
1: uh, You're going to be super pissed at me. I've been really shitty. Um, I've been playing uh, Greedfall. Okay. Which is this uh, swashbuckling RPG? That's all I can mm-hmm. say now. Unfortunately, you don't get to uh, captain a ship, but you get to like talk to people in those times, and you get to like wield. Um... It's not a musket; it's a piss- bus. Butterbus- oh, uh, uh, yeah a blunderbuss, and you get to wield like, you know, swords and stuff, and you get to talk your way out of problems, and it's it's nice to feel uh, hey, in this world, I have charisma. Um, <laughs> I've also been playing, as usual, on Showdown, just infrequently as of late, because uh, I just You don't love it. me? No, no, it's not that. It's that I've been very tired, and mm-hmm. I've uh, been watching Golden Girls, as usual. I'm almost done with season three. And I'm watching an anime that I'm almost done uh, with that I really am enjoying. And I think it's really good. Um, Which one? Uh, Hunter x Hunter. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just Hunter Hunter, Adrian. Okay. The, I've heard <laughs> it both ways. Um, but yeah, Hunter Hunter has... Uh, has really good development for its characters and it's not it is a shonen there's like the cliches but still i i'm really enjoying it now all my cats are coming on the fucking desk would you get (laughs) off thank you uh (laughs) that's all of my recents but i think we got a big juicy news segment You guys want? You guys want to talk about it, Uh, James? uh, Go ahead. No, carry on. Lead us in. Okay, so before you got here, Paul and I, we were talking about this. Uh, How did you put it, Paul? A certain what? What did you say? A certain thought-out hero is going to be making a
0: uh, oh yeah return to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't think I think people are making too big a deal about it, though. I don't think it's going to be like he's not going to be in another like a starring role. I don't think.
2: No, I, I think it will probably be either old man cap or something in the background.
0: But- oh, to, to clarify for everybody, Chris Evans is reportedly coming back to his role as Captain America, despite previously saying that he was done with the character.
1: Um, uh, what I've read is that he's going to be like a, a, a downy type of role where he'll be like secondary character for other films, maybe possibly something with Falcon and Winter Soldier, who knows? Uh, but there is that multiverse thing and we may have a universe where, you know, he's Captain Hydra. Ooh,
2: scary. Hydra Cap, ooh. It's got possibilities, but I'm not excited about that.
0: Uh, I don't know. I think, I feel like, again, since they're playing with this alternate universe stuff, I doesn't, I, I'm okay with it. But I mean, uh, there's,
1: there's always going to be a negative version of a positive hero. That's usually a cliche at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so last week, uh, we tried to get Paul on the show, and we had technical difficulties there. Thankfully, now we're all good on this. But Paul had a certain uh, thing to say about Ray Fisher who came out today and confirmed that he's been removed from the cast of The Flash in a so- social media post. Uh, Paul, what did you say? I don't remember, but I, it's, it it comes down to, you're an actor. You need to eat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he declared a war with Walter Hamada, who wasn't even there uh, during Justice League.
0: Well, but his, his gripe <laughs> is that he feels
1: Walter didn't do enough. I mean, the people that were there aren't there anymore. You know, Jeff Johns is there as, like, what, a script writer, maybe? He doesn't have almost any power that he used to have. Uh, John Berg is gone. Uh, Josh Whedon is really poisonous at this point. Nobody's touching him with a 10-foot pole. Um, But
2: my point was that, you know, activism is all well and good, but – Yeah, remember, you're Ray Fisher, you're no Al Pacino, you're no Robert De Niro. Hell, even Al Pacino and Robert De Niro
0: aren't Al Pacino and Robert De Niro anymore. So, uh, uh, that being said, I don't know, man. Uh, I feel like there's plenty of, like, POC movie makers right now. Like, Jordan Peele will hire him in a second.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Or or Ava DuVernay, who's doing uh, New Gods, he could have easily just slipped into there. Nobody would have paid any mind. I mean, com- considering how f- few people actually saw Justice League by comparison, you'd be all right.
0: I uh, I'm still uh, boycotting New Gods. Well, why? Why? You can't get you can't get rid of my of my guy Orlando Jones like that. Like, oh, that's can't. American Gods. American Gods. Oh, gods? I'm sorry, you're running I'm getting my shit mixed up.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no I don't think gods. anybody hears New Gods. The Third World, Jack Kirby's Third World. Yeah, Dark Side, uh, God. Wild Wild Orion. Orion. Oh, like, I thought you guys
0: were. I thought you guys were talking about like a film production. Yeah, that's actually yeah. a film gonna be made. New Gods oh, is gross. gonna be made. Yeah. Oh,
2: and by the by the way, James, I'm right there with you with American Gods. I have not watched season two, and I refuse nope. to. Watch
0: season three no i did watch season two uh uh, i I was very upset at the loss of uh, jillian anderson uh and now with the loss of orlando jones i'm just like no that's it i'm done fuck you especially for the reasons behind it exactly i mean exactly
1: when i heard that shit about orlando jones and then i i did a little digging and the original showrunner left after season one Mm -hmm. i have no interest in continuing the show it's a good season one it's a great Actually, let me rephrase. It's a great season one. Yep. But because of the shit around it, I can't watch the rest of the show.
0: Well, that's why uh, that's why Agent Scully left is because that's the only reason she signed up for the show in the first place was because of that showrunner. And yeah. when he left for season two, she's like, nope, later, bitches. She left. Uh, <laughs>
1: pulling a Natalie Portman when uh, Patty, J- bet, yeah. Patty Jenkins left. But thankfully, her contract had a way out. Um, hmm. So a little thing uh, for a little director that may be uh, a has-been, some say uh, a never-was. Kevin Smith confirms, and he showed off on Instagram today, the script pages for Clerks 3. Um,
0: The Clerkening.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Revenge of the Clerk, I guess? I don't know. (laughs) Um, I would like to say that uh, while I love him, and I'm most likely going to watch it, Uh, his later films have not had uh, a really good diamond there. You know, it hasn't been really, really good writing, in my opinion. Like that, Chasing Amy for me is like his best film. Inside that little Jane Sellen Bob universe, and outside of it would be Red State. But then you have films like Tusk, and then you have the Jane Sellen Bob reboot and Yoga Hosiers, yeah, which are just kind of like let me stick in as many dumb jokes as I can. And it just feels almost fake. It feels like he's trying to do a greatest hits of Kevin Smith without the soul or the heart. I don't you know, know if that what, makes
0: sense. I get no a hundred percent. You know, what's like a movie that isn't a Kevin Smith movie, but I wish was the kind of movie he was making. Uh, what? Like guns akimbo. Like, I feel like that's what I expected his career to be at this point, And it's not. Just weird sci-fi, I guess. Yeah, like just weird, like entertaining film. But no, it's just, he's literally just any idea. He farts onto a paper. He seems to just take it to production. I mean,
1: if he's making money, bless you, you know. Uh, but I don't know. I, I I was really let down by Reboot. I, I really wanted to like it, but I didn't laugh. I didn't yeah. even know Reboot had been out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it came out. Hey, I hey, completely missed that. Uh, you didn't miss much. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kevin. I mean, I, I'm i sure I'm sure like I'm a piece of shit to him right now. And like I'm ragging on him. But I mean, I, I love the bastard. You know, I've supported all of his films and I've bought like official merch and I paid extra money to see him at Supercon. But still like this. I
0: don't know, man. I don't know. Yet. It's very... It's 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 not the place I thought his career was going. Same. Uh, anybody else got
1: any bit of news or should we... Uh, I, it's take just break?
0: worth noting that at the time of recording this episode, WandaVision uh, comes out the next day. Yes. So expect us to have some reactions next week. Oh. I'm pretty excited for it, personally. Actually,
2: you'll watching it tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm not going to be on the show next
1: week. I'll be in North Carolina, so that's all you and bone king there
0: yep 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 yep, oh, yep
1: shit i can't believe it i forgot uh in my recents i watched an actual let's play i watched uh george bone king play resident evil 3 remake and i could not stop screaming at the tv because i could do things better than him
0: oh <laughs> my god <laughs>
1: I, I, okay.
0: I, could not I need to have plan. a talk with you two because our podcast is not a platform for you two to shit talk each other, okay? <laughs> How dare you? That's what the podcast
1: started as. <laughs>
2: oh, man. Right. Originally, Valid. my popcorn? Oh, yeah.
1: Okay, look. Originally, like, if we were going to go into the mythos of the show, it was going to be James versus Adrian and shit. Mm-hmm. But now it's just like... It's weird. The supervillain's the (laughs) fucking referee. Hey, I'm I'm lawful evil. Oh, you have rules. That's right. Yeah, but sometimes you don't listen to my safe word. I said my rules. Oh, okay. I have rules. (laughs) Uh, Paul's really been left out of the loop for those BDSM conversations. (laughs) I'm glad of it. I kind of want to see you in a dominatrix outfit. Come on, get in the GIMP suit. I do not
2: get in the GIMP suit. Oh. I tell the GIMP to get in the GIMP suit.
0: With the right amount of baby powder, we can make it happen. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, think, yeah, yeah, okay. I think we need to take a break.
1: Happened.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll, be back, uh, we'll be back after this break with our all stars. Superman. Catch in a moment, freaks. Hello, everyone. This is Bone King, and you're listening to the Fan Freaks podcast, hosted proudly on the Fan Freaks Facebook group. That's F-A-N-F-R-E-E-K-S Fan Freaks. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! No, no, it's actually a bird.
1: Oh. Anyway, um, I think it's time, uh, I feel, I feel very honored to have Paul specifically for this show. I think it, it, we've been planning this show for about four months, <laughs> James and I. <laughs> and we've said, no, this has to be a Paul show. You can't have Superman without Paul. And
0: uh, It's worth noting that dad should have been here for this, but we couldn't postpone this another week. And we're sorry, dad. Yeah, he's going to be pissed.
1: Uh, if you want, take it out on me or take it out on your son. Don't take it out on Paul. He didn't know anything about this, but I think uh, (laughs) enough excuses. Let's get right into the list.
0: So I was just doing a little bit of research just because, you know, sometimes you forget even like something that could be your favorite something. So I was doing a little bit of research. So I just Googled best Superman comics. And, you know, at the very top of the results, Google puts together like a list. Like if you put like who was in Roger Rabbit, it puts together just a list of the cast or whatever. So in this case, I put together a list that it scrubbed off of something. And this is what it comes up with. The Death of Superman, Action Comics number 1000, and Batman, The Dark Knight. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, Google, go home. You're drunk.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't Batman, think
0: I- Batman is the best Superman.
1: <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard of such a worst take on a character other than Frank Miller's uh, Superman, which makes me beg to wonder why the fuck they gave him Superman year one. And then also he did Batman and Robin all-star. Oh God. Which gave us the worst fucking thing in the world, which was what are you retarded? I'm the goddamn Batman. (laughs) Like like, that is terrible. That is terrible. Frank Miller shouldn't have a job. <laughs> I, I I think I can speak for all of us, right? Where he yeah. his best day was in Sin City in in the 90s, or maybe uh, Daredevil Man Without Fear in the 80s, but it's 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 past its prime. So I think, uh, really, for somebody to start us off, I I nominate Paul. I think Paul should should kind of start us off. He is the elder statesman right now in this in this uh, in this podcast right here. I think he should enlighten us, young rogues, on what is on, on his list of all-star Superman books. Well,
0: just like, to clarify, by the way, this being an all-stars list, this is just a handful of what we believe the pinnacle of Superman is. No specific a number
1: five, yeah, and there's no we,
0: rating. We right? don't have to meet any kind of quota or anything like that. This is just ones that we specifically want to talk about. So, and we're so, Paul, go ahead and walk us through your list. OK, well, my list is
2: it's not going to be the usual list because you're not going to have what the the usual amount of expected storylines there. Uh, mine are mostly going to be stuff that has uh, touched me story wise as far as the, the presentation of Superman and and um, his character and how. He interacts with the rest of the DC universe, for example. Um, Number one on the list for me is, and I've got a couple of honorable mentions too, which I'll mention also. But number one for me is Kingdom Come.
1: What a fucking great book.
0: It's on my list also. What a fucking great book.
2: I mean, I believe that Mark Waid and Alex Ross basically designed this. Series to be an answer, and antithetical to the shoot 'em up, kill 'em up image books and such of the time, and at, it's hard. It's really a Superman story, and it works as a reminder that he's the granddaddy of the genre. That the genre wouldn't exist without him, arguably, and it it just presents him in a way that subsequent tellings of Superman as a possible demagogue fail in that it shows him at his lowest point and tipping towards um, fascism, but it pulls him back and it reminds
0: us what it means to be a hero. I gotcha. So, dude, why don't you give us one from your list? Okay. So
1: I don't really have an honorable mention. Maybe one just to annoy Paul. Because uh, <laughs> he and I uh, tend to argue a lot on on what is a good Superman story. And this one, uh, it means a lot to me. It also pisses off Paul a great deal. It's a Superman Birthright.
0: Birthright was fantastic. I don't give a shit what anybody says.
1: Well, <laughs> you could already feel mm-hmm. uh, Paul grabbing his water bottle and getting ready to argue with me. But for me, as a new reader, as somebody who didn't like get in, who wasn't even born during the golden age or the silver age, this was kind of like. Is that an age dig? Really? bro? Uh, an age dig? I mean, uh, sure, if you want to take it that way. Sure, no, we dude. could, we could, we could dig uh, a pyramid for you because you're so fucking ancient. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I digress. Superman birthright, it has a lot, and not only that, it it honors probably the greatest uh, rivalry between the two, which is Lex and Clark. I find, and it really is kind of like a tip of the hat to Smallville which is having Clark and Lex be friends. I I don't know right off the top of my head which came first, but I like that. I really enjoy Lex and Clark being friends and then just growing this animosity towards each other, particularly because Lex can't deal with it, but uh, and his ego can't handle it. But I enjoy that Wait, type I'm of I'm
0: sorry, were you asking, when you said which came first, so you mean like Smallville the show versus the birthright?
1: Yeah, Small, like ooh, so the show was first, okay. So, by two years, Birth, birthright did do a good job of just kind of like, okay, let's take this into the canon and kind of accept it for what it is. Also, you have Superman being, you know, a kind of world reporter, not just in Metropolis.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think it was a really good way to bring the origin of Superman into the modern age and still keep some of that, like, you know what we know about it, but still make it fit with the way comics are told today. Agreed. How about you, Dr. Rude? (laughs) Uh, So I have several controversial picks on my list, but I'm not going to start with one of those. Uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I started with one, so it's all good. Yeah, I know, but I'm going to hold on to that for later. Um, So a comic that I really are uh, an arc, small arc, whatever, uh, Superman for all seasons. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's such a cool, like narrative way to tell a story in a comic. I, I put it in the same type of book, like in the same type of basket as like Spider-Man blue and stuff like that in that it has this also like, written by Jeff Loeb. I know
2: right? with art by Tim sale. Correct.
0: Uh, yep. I love my Loeb. I do. Uh, he, he made some great stories and it's that it's that he has this narrative quality to it that befits Superman so well. And it's such a cool, I don't know. Like I really, it, it's, it's a, it's a relaxing read. Like you read it and you're put in this place. You get to, you know, you get to like being John Malkovich, four different characters. You know, you get to be in their heads, which is really cool. I I also really enjoyed just the art
1: of that of that book. Tim Sale knocked it out of the park. Oh yeah, but, absolutely. Because every, everyone always like has Superman with a very defined chin, and if you read uh uh Jim Romita Jr.'s books, if you see his his art, John the, Romita the, Jr. The, John Romita Jr., excuse me, the that chin is way too uh, dignified. Oh, but God. Tim Sale went a whole different route. It kind of gave him like a dad bod Superman yep. with this this weird chin, and it's just to see him like that is very aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> it's something where he does look like an everyman. He doesn't look like a strong man in a circus almost, even though he is Superman. But his face is very. Um, Homely, I don't know. Yeah, a
0: little
1: bit. Uh, I'm very surprised that Paul's very quiet over my Superman birthright pick, but
0: I think he agrees. He's uh, he's too angry.
1: Oh, he's too angry.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man. Like like I said, for all seasons, just I I remember when I first read it, and it was just nice. Also, I'm a big fan of any time that like you get to experience things from secondary characters' point of views. Kind of like in Mad Max Fury Road, where you get to experience what everyone else deals with when Mad Max is around. <laughs> right, right, where is the character. Yeah, exactly. So, like, in this one, it was what? It was Jonathan, Lex, Lois, and Lana, right? I believe so. Yeah. It's
2: been a I read that one.
0: Yeah, so, like, just seeing things from their point of view was really cool. All right, How Paul. How about you, Paul? Give us another one.
2: Okay, this one is going... Not so way back, but way back enough. It was a four issue miniseries done circa ninety eight nineteen eighty one, nineteen eighty no. Yeah, eighty one or eighty two. The Phantom Zone. Ooh okay. written by Steve Gerber with art by Gene Cullen. And it was the at least to me, up until then, the most atmospheric and teetering on horror that Superman had ever gotten. And it was the first time where they really delved into a dark aspect to him. Sure. Uh, you've read it,
1: I presume. A long time ago. I've never even heard of this one. Okay,
2: the Phantom Zone basically is the story of a, an exiled Kryptonian named All, who was um, placed into the Phantom Zone uh, he was framed. Uh, he redeemed himself. He lost his powers and his memory due to gold kryptonite, and was employed as I think he was a copy-paster at the Daily Planet. Well, he's suffering from nightmares, and he starts sleepwalking. And what's happening is that the Phantom Zone villains are making him construct a new Phantom Zone projector because of his susceptibility to their energies. And he and Superman end up trapped in the Phantom Zone while all the Kryptonian supervillains are let loose on Earth. And the only way that uh, Superman and Quacksaw can escape the Zone is by indulging in their own Dante's Inferno quest. And That's a great concept. It, and it was... Beautifully executed. The writer of Howard the Duck knocked it out of the fucking park. Now this um, this uh, miniseries was meant to tie into Superman 2, you know, thematically with the Phantom Zone villains. But it was like I said, Gene Colan. You wouldn't think of him as a Superman artist. He's more Batman and Dracula and the film war type of miniseries like Nathaniel Dusk and such, but it fit the story and it just gripped you. And the climax was amazing. And it touched on the whole idea of Superman being that close to killing. And oh, remember right now,
1: when, uh, when our heroes didn't kill?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, here's the thing because, you know, Adrian, I'm not going to say any more regarding the plot because I believe it is now collected in trade paperback form. It I is. Highly, I highly recommend it. I uh, highly recommend it.
1: Uh, looks like I'll be doing some uh, some browsing of Amazon today, I guess.
0: By the way, just, um, just to place it in the comic book timeline, this book was 2013, 2014. Twenty fifteen, sometime around there. What, the trade paperback? No, when the book came out. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty well, recent in terms of no. stories.
2: No, 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 no. I'm talking about the I'm talking about the original miniseries.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about the paperback. It was collected. Oh.
2: Paperback, yeah. It, it, it's one of the best Superman stories I ever read.
0: All right, well, there you go.
1: Adrian. Well, uh I'm stealing I guess uh Paul's number 1 pick but Kingdom Come is on my list. I mean, this kind of is I guess the issue. We have a lot of overlap here, boys. But uh Kingdom Come honestly with with how great the villain is and just the masterful artistry of Alex uh Alex Ross's art is beautiful. Just beautiful. That 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 photorealistic art is gorgeous well every page
0: is a painting man like
1: for sure and obviously the ending uh not to spoil anything um i just really enjoyed that concept of the the trinity you know Mm -hmm. all kind of like growing together in that way um you dr rude yeah i mean
0: like i said it's on my list also uh kingdom come it's just a mind-blowing book, but I'm gonna go ahead and put down for uh, Red Sun Superman. Wow. Okay, we're just that's also on my list. <laughs> I mean, it's an Elseworlds, so it's not our Clark. Neither is Kingdom Come, technically, but it's such a gripping story. It is. It really is. Like it's so. It it's it is the definition of like gritty done right and it's so like i love batman cough and i love like just the way that super the this version of superman comports himself and i love how they did bizarro superman in this universe yeah can we just say fuck you to the animated movie yeah like bizarro was like one of my favorite parts about the red sun superman and they changed it completely in the animated movie cuz like in the comic He's like this failed clone. Um, he's this failed American Superman clone by Lex Luthor, no doubt. Who's like a, a a beaming, you know, beacon of hope because Superman's a bad guy. So of course he's a good guy because that's how it works. He's always going to be on the wrong side. Uh, but yeah, and he makes this failed clone. But even this failed clone is superior to him because it beats him in chess. which is so good and that it proves to be superior to the soviet superman too because it teaches him to be moral like the bizarro superman is the one that teaches soviet superman to have like a change in morality because in the middle of their fight he says fuck the fight i'm gonna go save these innocent bystanders Mm -hmm. which is not something soviet superman was had in his brain at the time and it was such a cool moment and they took it out of the cartoon i'm very mad about that but also just the art is incredible. It really like parts of it really give you that like Russian propaganda poster feel, which is so good. It's, it's just, again, it's a, it's one of those books. Like it's, if you want to talk, if you want to convince people that like, what if stories or else world stories are going to be good. That's one you show them for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> give us another ball it's more a storyline
2: actually the next uh ones that i have are storylines but the exile storyline from the late 80s exile storyline which one's that one that's the mm. one that started with uh burns departure from superman number
0: 22 oh okay
2: and culminated all the way to action comics number 643 with the arrival of george perez got it so uh, was george that. perez it was a multi-year arc, and it was the first time where you got the 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 coming together of the super team of writers and artists laying out the the stories for the next how many years? I think until like '95 when they finally broke up. Um, but it basically built on Superman's murder of the Phantom Zone criminals from the Pocket Universe. Mm-hmm and dealing with his eventual mental breakdown in which he assumes the identity of gangbuster in a split personality, and then realizing that he is a danger to himself and others, he exiles himself into space to try and deal with the guilt, which leads to um, Lex Luthor and Mr. Mixias Pitalik having a, a momentary thing where Luther inadvertently te- teaches Mixed House to lie. Um, also sets up Gladiator Superman. And also... What, on set- War World? With Mongol? Yes, yes. Yep. That was That was the climax of the entire storyline. And it's mostly Superman trying to deal with what he's done. And back on Earth... People dealing with an ersatz Superman in the form of Matrix, i.e., Supergirl. It, it was just basically a, a psychological exploration of Superman and his code against killing, what it meant to him to break it, and the reaffirmation of him keeping to that code from that point on. And I've, it was I've just never
1: even heard of this storyline. It was seriously? It, that yeah. Uh
2: that was the beginning of Dan Jurgens's run as a regular Superman writer and artist. Um and the stories are phenomenal. They ran through all the titles. It was uh Superman, Adventures of Superman, and Action Comics.
0: So uh, yeah, it's it's I mean, yeah, it's 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 such a great moment of 80s Superman. I remember I had most of the books and it's such a great read. Yes. All right. So 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 it's it's called the it's the Exile Arc. Yeah. Just if if you looked up Superman Exile, you'd find it.
2: Yeah. But basically, all the issues that published in the Superman titles from Superman number technically twenty three, all the way to Action Comics number six forty three.
1: Jesus, that's a lot of fucking comics. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) It was like about a year, two years,
0: running. It's a lot.
1: That's a, uh, but that's that's back when comics had pacing and they didn't shoot their load <laughs> within three months. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so my turn. Uh huh. Go for it. And I think this is uh, this is probably one that's on both of your lists, and I'd be very surprised if it's not. But for the man who has everything. Yeah, it's on my list.
0: What a fucking comic! It's good. It's actually one of my honorable mentions It's not on my list. Wow. Okay. But still, it's like, great. Just, just
1: that emotional impact of him being on Krypton and then just having that whole thing. Like, I think one, one reoccurring thing right now so far that I'm noticing on our list is mm-hmm. where we like our Superman to have a mental or emotional struggle. And that's, that's something that's kind of rare. And for the man who has everything, it's probably the epitome of a mental struggle where you have to literally erase this entire life just to come back and recognize what's real. Hmm.
0: Yep.
2: No, uh, It also shows the mental fortitude of Superman that it's not just his powers that make him that way, that he's able to break through what should have been a perfect world. My only complaint about that story is that there should have been a little bit of more of a hint of the perceived perfection, as opposed to being a precursor to what we would get into Watchmen about what
0: a year, a year and a half later. Um, well, it's almost like Alan Moore was involved or something. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but it's—I do have a nitpick—not with the with the book itself, but with the Justice League. Unlimited animated uh, adaptation of it.
1: Okay. Wow. Okay, that's a hard take, brother. Okay, this, that, that that was a really good episode.
2: Yeah, but okay, I'm coming. At, I'm coming in from an actor standpoint. Okay, oh. you know when, when everybody reads a comic, they're reading it in you know their own voice or whatever the the way the the lettering is laid out. Right. And my favorite moment. that entire book was when um, Mongol says, happy birthday, Kryptonian. I grant you oblivion.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And
2: the following line is burn. And it should have been delivered, in my opinion, the way I just did. Instead of George Newberg, um, a newborn, sorry, uh, yelling it. It should have been just such cold fury that he should have just whispered that line.
0: I see. So this is another problem with expectations, right? That's where you yeah. expect something to be one way and it isn't. And that immediately lets you down. Exactly.
2: And again, that's my thing. That's my nitpick. Mine personally. I just feel that line should have been just cold as ice. It would have, it would have you would never expect superman to be that cold.
0: Yeah, I get that. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's one of those moments where, you know, you ha- you you get to see superman behave outside of his status quo, but it's done in a way that doesn't feel cheap or like just for the purpose of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's, 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 it's earned. There we go. That's what I was trying to say. It is, it is earned. And that's important in those kinds of stories. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just put it out there. I mean, death of Superman. This early? Like we're just going to. Yeah. Just, yeah I'm blowing I'm, I'm, I'm that load right now.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's on all of our lists, right? Actually. The death of Superman?
2: is Okay, that depends. Are we counting the entire yes.
1: storyline?
0: Yes. All right. Okay, then let's count it as the death and rebirth of Superman. Okay, fine. Fair enough. <laughs> but everything, because the thing is, you can't, like, it's not just the death that mattered, though the death exactly. mattered a lot. But, okay, so let's, let's talk about it for a second. Because this was before, you know, death was really a joke in comics, because it is now yeah yeah and this was the the first big one and it was the first really big one and it wasn't just like a death it was like a murder at the hands of someone who wasn't smarter than him who was just simply stronger mm-hmm a total just, i just i
2: remember god i remember the news coverage uh-huh a superman 75 came out uh I remember t- standing in line to buy it. I mean, it was huge.
0: Yeah, no, it's, 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 it was, it was a worldwide phenomenon and with good reason, like what the hell do you mean? Superman can die. <laughs> and What do you mean? It wasn't because of kryptonite. It was just because some dude beat him to death. Uh, well, you know, calling uh, doomsday, a dude is, is a, a loose use of the term. But this monster just ravaging Superman to the point where he expires is such a like, like it's 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 earth shattering. Not only that, it's such a visceral book. Oh yeah, you
1: see mm-hmm. so much blood, bruises, mm-hmm. bones breaking. Uh, you see a lot of different Justice Justice Leaguers that nobody really talks about. Yep, like Bloodwin even guy when he isn't a green lantern where he just has a power ring. Yep. It's an and, power ring. Yeah. And it's just, but, but still, it's just, uh, it it's, he wrecks so much. Doomsday is just this unstoppable force and it's just brilliantly paced. And if you want to include rebirth, it's great
0: because we got sunglasses, Superman, uh, well, Teenager Superman. Exactly <laughs> but, that. Now, so, yeah. So, well, first off, we also have to talk about, like, it gave us two of the most impactful images ever put down on a comic book page, which is Lois holding his body. And the cape. Uh, and, and the cape. Oh, so three, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just remembered because, yeah, the cape was the second one, but then also, like, the funeral scene. Like, the the, the funeral
1: for a friend. Yeah. The poster.
0: (laughs) I still have that poster. Yeah, it's, it's, these are three of the most iconic and impactful images in comics. And it's because they carried such emotional weight.
2: Before we talk about the, the rest of the storyline, I got to go back and say that as far as an artistic presentation, it was the first time where you could really feel a crescendo building Within issues within the art.
1: Yeah. Because
2: yeah. what they did was they started off with not the, the man of seal was with Superman. They started off with six panels. And then the following issue, which was Adventure of Superman, they removed a panel. So the action was at five panels. And then Action Comics went into four, and then so on and so forth until you got to Superman 75. And it was just one panel per page, big as life. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it's it's great use of visual storytelling. I, th-
1: I think we're just going to dedicate this whole part to Death. But I'd I'd really like to just say this was probably the first Superman comic I bought was a trade paperback of Death and Watchmen. Those were the two first comics <laughs> I bought. Nice, wow, uh, and. I got to tell you, when I when I started reading it, I wasn't really like a huge fan of Superman, but it made me a fan because of the sacrifice he made. And I'm a sucker for it for a martyr. I'm a sucker for that. And I cannot to this day. This is if you ever want to collect the dude's tears. Show me that book and make me read it, I will fucking cry at the end of the book. <laughs> yeah. I will always cry. That that is something that fucks me up to this day. I don't know what it is, but I it always moves me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. The
1: only time the death didn't move me was in BVS, because fuck that movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can't, I don't even associate the two because there is no association. There really no. isn't. Uh, also just as a quick note this storyline also gave me my three favorite superman costumes eradicator is really cool eradicator superman is my is one of my favorite superman costumes i really love steel Uh, just fucking the idea of like just this big black dude who's like yo Superman saved my life. I got to do right by him. And like just engineers himself. Superpowers is awesome. It's like uh Tony Stark did it for the right reasons. Um, <laughs> a likable Tony Stark. Yeah. You might say. And then uh, later He's on right. when uh, Clark eventually quote unquote defeats Doomsday, uh, well after his, uh, uh, you know, he gets his powers back and all that, is the Kryptonian soldier suit, Superman Doomsday prey, right? Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, I know what you're – I had the action figure.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's such a cool-looking suit, man. Also, I think, because, I think this comes down to, like, uh, Gambit being my favorite X-Man. But I think any suit that has, like, that headband, face cutout look, I'm, like, here yeah. for. <laughs> yeah, and it had that, which it was really cool. It was, three, it was really cool costumes. But back to the story. So, yeah, we had the death. We had the emotions. And then we had the world without Superman, which was really cool. And then, over friend
2: yep. over that story, man. and then the return and that's what the the writers and the artists said that was the real story the death was just a precursor to the story they really wanted to tell.
0: which i get that but there's i mean i mean they knew what they were doing like they knew the death was was this big atomic bomb they were dropping on you know pop culture
2: uh and the- Came from an offhand comment from Jerry Ordway just
0: because ABC television told them you can't marry them yet. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. So now, so we got the death of Superman. And then we got four relatively new characters. Which and was- a really good villain. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Which was a really cool, like, these four characters that were introduced in such, like, really cool ways. They all have really cool origins. One is a villain who's trying to do good. One is a villain who's pretending to do good, but it's actually bad. One is just good. And one has a complex. And I love all of it. <laughs> I love like don't call me superboy. I love all of that shit. It was so good. It's the you know, we that's where we got superboy first too, which is awesome. I don't know. I I I it 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 gave us so fucking much, man. It also I forgot another one of my favorite Superman looks is uh black suits, long hair, no power, Superman. Love that shit. The recovery suit. Yeah, the recovery suit, Superman. Oh, excellent. Peak 80 Peak 80s hair. Oh, it's perfect. Love the mullet. Yep. Yep, yep, yep It's yep.
2: not a mullet. It's just long hair. Oh, it was never perfect. a mullet.
1: Look, man, it's party in it's party in the back business in the front. Um, so I just want to say, really, just to knock it out of there, Hunter mm-hmm. Prey was on my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a great underrated book just because it deals with PTSD yeah. from probably arguably mm-hmm. the world's greatest superhero.
0: But again, uh, I, I I think that still counts as part of this story because it's technically the culmination of that fight.
1: Yeah, and yeah. it also effectively ended Doomsday.
0: Yeah, until uh, they beguff so the back yeah, exactly. Uh, also, really quick before we move past this, is uh, I really liked the way... I just I, I, I don't know if it was because I was a kid at the time, but I thought the way that Superman got his powers back was really fucking cool. The kryptonite blast that was filtered through Eradicator Superman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was
1: dope as shit. I just thought exactly. like that was... What? I'm
2: sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but especially given the context of the eradicator as the krypton man, yeah, from exactly. The previous on, it it showed a coming together of his own arc from cold calculating in yep. ai to an individual who would sacrifice himself for another. Exactly. or not.
0: Yep.
1: So Paul, uh that was death from James, how about you? What do you got? My next one is the Panic in the Sky storyline. The fuck is this? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Panic in the Sky ran um, in from the late 80s into the early 90s. And as you know, when John Byrne took over the uh, writing and drawing chores for Superman, uh, he revised Superman's history so that he was never a member of the Justice League, or at least not a founding member of the Justice League. And with his departure, it was felt by DC editorial that Superman should have a preeminent presence again uh, within the DC community. So within the Superman titles, it brought in the newly revamped Brainiac trying to take over the world and Superman organizing a whole slew of heroes to bring the battle to him. I haven't read this one. Oh, it's, 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 it's a really good book. I mean, you can find the train paperback. It's a, again, it's a whole bunch of issues, but uh, it uh, brings Supergirl to earth, the matrix Supergirl and Draga, the gladiator is involved too. And at this point, the justice league was going through, I think it's uh, third disbanding and panic in the sky leads to justice league America, which then leads to, that's the superman. Uh, but it's basically a whole bunch of superheroes trying to take down this one malevolent force and it's just beautifully realized. And it sets superman up as the preeminent leader of the heroes again. It reestablishes his position. That was the the whole intent of the storyline. But it's just it's just good comic book fun. There's really no, you know, subtext or, or anything like that. There's nothing really important per se, but it shows how the other heroes relate to Superman and why even Guy Gardner, despite himself, um, looks to Superman as the leader.
1: Which is tough to do because Guy Gardner is about a fucking asshole. Um,
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> uh- uh-
1: What what is it called again?
2: The the entire storyline is called Panic in the Sky, and it's done in homage to the Adventures of Superman episode from the same name.
1: Okay, Um, definitely one to to check out. So, just to piggyback off Paul, where we talk about the relationship that Superman has with all of DC in Panic Panic of the what? Panic Panic in the Sky. Panic in the sky, not of the Bruce. sky. Panic in the sky. Panic uh, in the
0: sky with that. Sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I I adhere to a focus of one relationship that he has. A lot of people really, really harp on his relationship with Bruce. Everybody talks about it, but mine is something a little special. It it's in a book, very beautiful book. Reading rainbow superman shazam first thunder Ooh, that's a good one that's a good one um just just the way that you have okay i'm sorry to call him shazam let's just say captain marvel because we have to uh respect our elders uh (laughs) captain captain marvel uh you know he's a young whippersnapper. We all know that he's a huge fan of a certain character, the big blue, and we get to see what really leads to just, Clark being kind of a big brother, kind of the reason why he's an inspiration to most people. And he goes, he doesn't like prop this guy up. He doesn't prop up Billy Batson up and try to make him think on an adult terms, even though he has the wisdom of Solomon, which he rarely ever uses. But, uh, uh, he, this character is still a child and he's still scared and he's orphaned and he's all alone. And, and the wizard is a fucking asshole. <laughs> and, and Superman's like, who the fuck made you put this on this kid? This yeah, kid didn't ask gonna- for this. You know? And, and you see, this is Superman going up against, okay, this is the first time we're talking about it. He, he's not weak to it. He's just vulnerable to magic. It's not weakness. It's vulnerability to it. And he's going up to something that he knows he probably would have a tough time losing, or winning I'm sorry winning against which is the wizard and the wizard even tells him like he just needs guidance he needs somebody better than me right he needs you and you just see that beautiful moment in a dilapidated fucking destroyed building or whatever that's just like where Billy Batson sleeps and Clark just shows him the s and they just sit down and talk and if you don't If your heart doesn't melt at that, you don't have a fucking heart and you're a piece of shit because that's fucking beautiful.
2: Now, I'm glad it was rendered in such a way that it didn't look like an advertisement for Nambla.
1: (laughs) Oh, fuck you. Oh, my God.
2: (laughs) I have to throw that out there. Remember, there's an infamous cover in the 1970s, which has been parodied many a time where Superman is removing in shedding his Clark Kent attire in uh, behind a kid on a bed holding That's you. Jimmy Olsen. No, not yeah. Jimmy Olsen. It's a bl- it's a blonde kid who's definitely younger than Jimmy Olsen. If I can find the cover, I'll send it to you. And yeah, that, I it's, know been have jokes for years.
1: Yeah, you know, bite the pillow I'm going and dry. Um but, go, but going back to to your choice, I'm I was disappointed that DC really didn't
2: follow that up. Yeah. They
1: set up it's just left it there. It's just a yeah. one shot, really.
2: Yeah. And you saw you're thinking, "Oh, okay, maybe there'll be there'll be more interaction between Superman and Captain Marvel and more and it, they dropped the ball there. Instead, they gave us the trials of Shazam. Less said about that the better. <sighs>
0: Uh, well, I like the the yeah the just big, yeah saying. I also really like the partnership, the big brother relationship between like Clark and Billy. I really enjoy those those moments.
1: I mean, we all really like the best friend, like some, uh, frenemies that Batman and Superman have. Sure, but this is just a a, a beautiful blossoming of a big brothership. I don't know how else to call it that, but it, it is that where. Billy just looks up to Clark and it's, and it's beautiful. Yep. Um, right, now it's now, now it's your turn, Dr.
0: Rude. All let's right. Get, uh, let's get weird here. I, okay, good. I'm glad you said that. Cause I'm going into what is by far, probably my most controversial on the list. I'm waiting for Paul. <laughs> uh, Superman red and blue. <laughs> I know. Wow. He's, he's really controlled. I thought he'd be yelling right now. I'm I'm sitting that one out. (laughs) Okay. Understand, I was like 10 when this story came out. Not the original, obviously, because I was like negative 30 when that story came out. No, that's not true. But Superman, electric boogaloo. Correct. So just to be clear, I'm talking about the late 90s event where Superman was deprived of solar energy. And he was and he had to put on this blue and white containment suit and became like the epitome of like ninety super cool.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then one turned into a blue Vulcan and the other one
0: turned into a red hothead. Correct. Again, I was ten at the time. And at the time, this shit was so fucking cool. <laughs> Okay, and I think I and I have no problem saying that I hold on to that nostalgia. Like, I just thought it looked cool. Also, one thing that this story did that I thought was really cool was they kind of Shazammed him a little bit. Sorry, Captain Marveled him. God damn it. <laughs> In that when he was Clark, he was like a vulnerable human, mm-hmm. which I actually thought was pretty cool. And that was the first time like I had ever read like... Superman being temporarily vulnerable, or only have power sometimes. I thought that or was very cool.
2: Or, or, getting, belly, or getting a pot belly, according to Perry White.
0: Oh, hey, right there, huh, Clark? Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then look, man. Like we talked earlier about, like you know how characters have their negative versions. Fucking even mm-hmm. Darkwing Duck has Mega Duck and all this shit, but when they split Superman in two and you had this like split personality, but they were still Superman. They, they each thought they were still Superman. And at the end of the day, they were, they were both just a different part of Superman. I don't know, man. I thought it was super cool. I thought it was different. I thought it looked different. I thought it read different. It was nice.
1: Uh, I will. Sometimes, sometimes it's fun to be different. I'm just uh, Paul. You understand that you're on a podcast. You're supposed to argue, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I was about to make an admission. Go ahead. Oh.
2: Yes. I actually have the Mattel action figures of Superman Red right and Superman. Oh, Dirt.
0: that's awesome!
1: Oh send send us the pictures,
2: please. <laughs> I gotta I gotta go through my boxes though. I can if I, when I find them I will. Oh, yeah. oh my
0: gosh, yes.
2: My only problem with you. that
0: storyline is
2: how they can how they both could have independent um, independent thought processes.
0: Why was that a problem?
2: Uh, well, if you want to get into whole metaphysical and souls and things like that, fine. But it's it's that's that's the thing that I I couldn't couch to. If they're the same person, then just split in two.
0: Okay, okay. So here, this is really really cool. I I, I love that I get to talk about this. Um, okay, go. So there's a treatment for schizophrenia. Where they break, they they basically cut the connective tissue between the left and right halves of your brain. All right. Okay. Uh, I forget what it's called, but something really weird, and this is real. You can look this up. It's wild. Something really weird started happening to patients who had this done. It alleviated some of their symptoms, but some other symptoms came up. And they started doing research on these people. So, uh, I forget which half, so I'm probably going to get the exact parts right. But the vision center of your brain, I believe, is only on the right side of your brain. So, they had these people sitting down on a desk, and then they had a notepad and a pen in each hand. And then they had a wall that prevented them from seeing their right hand i think it was i don't know whatever way the brain switches around so they could see their left hand they couldn't see their right hand remember your eyes are, are, are would be on the same part of your body that controls your left hand right uh and they started asking them questions the crazy thing is most of the time the two pads had different answers who says you can't learn on a podcast? And the thing about that, and the really, and to make that further interest, to make that even more interesting, is that people would then, when they see the other answer, is that they would then rationalize why that happens like, oh, well, I was thinking about that first, but consistently, like even so much as favorite colors and stuff like that. So that leads to the question of: Are we really one person? Or are we just two, two brains in one and one brain doesn't have a speech center. So it doesn't get to say anything. Interesting. So that's why I actually thought, because I, I, when I read that, I actually immediately thought of this aspect of Superman red and blue. And it's like, what if that's exactly what it is? What if it's this exact perfect representation of the dual consciousness? Uh, which I think is, is really cool. Uh, also, I don't think Lois took enough advantage of the fact that she had two Clarks. Because <laughs> uh, they were both like madly in love with her, obviously, because they're both Clark. But uh, she should have taken advantage of that more. Uh, she should have. She should have uh, suspected it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, still, She didn't like that either, actually. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a pervert. but uh, <laughs> And I like how it came like together. Father, like yeah, I guess so. I like how it ended. I like how it came together. I like how it resulted in us getting Superman classic back. Uh, The way it wrapped up, and I know they did it that way because of all the backlash and people hated this fucking storyline, but all in all, I thought it was fun and I like fun. And yeah, it's, it's just cool looking. It's just nineties as fuck. That's it for me. (laughs) I gotta be honest. I was really
1: expecting more anger, but Hey, I'll, I'll take it. I, I never really finished. I never even started it, mm. but I know of it. Yeah. It's, it's uh, love it or hate it. That's what I keep reading about. I'm it.
2: taking James's explanation into account, which is why I'm not you know blowing up over it because when I read it, I didn't have that particular context to it. Hmm. Um, I can't say it's gonna. You also weren't ten. Yeah, that's <laughs> who. I'm not going to sway my opinion per se because I'm. But like I said, I have the action figures.
0: So. No, I I, no, I, I get it. And like I said, like the fact that I was as young as I was when it came out is definitely relevant. Like that matters. But I still hold on to that. And in rereading it, like I said, that whole dual brain thing, I found other things to find interesting. But I will say this. I will say this.
2: That did also bring about one of my favorite moments that storyline brought out one of my favorite moments in Grant Morrison's JLA. Oh. Yes. When, because during that era when he was electric Superman, this was before he split. Right. Um. He's doubting whether or not he's worthy to be in the Justice League. Okay, yeah. And, and that was the story, and this was the storyline that introduced Zariel, the angel, and Uh, the angels from heaven attacking earth. I don't remember the specific storyline, but I do remember that the mightiest uh, antagonist angel was about to decimate the league and Superman stands toe to toe with him saying never. And flash is like, he thought he didn't belong here. He's wrestling with an angel.
1: Ah, which flash was that Barry or Wally? Wally. Wally. Yep. Wally because that was that was the that
2: was the Gen X era of Flash and Green Lantern so Mm. Wally Um, but what the story what the uh, the uh, minds behind the stories wanted to show was that again as in with uh, with that's the Superman it's not the powers that make Superman it's who he is that makes Superman exactly which is what led to that whole storyline and the whole new powers it's not the, the power set it's not the look it's what motivates the man of steel yeah. what makes the
0: man of steel that's something that i because i I used to shit talk superman a lot adrian knows this um but I, I i came to a realization and this is what i have to tell people all the time like anybody, any anytime anybody says oh he's too powerful that's why i don't like him i have to tell them yeah but his powers don't matter like the best parts of superman have nothing to do with him being powerful the best parts of Superman have to do with him being the best, like the best of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, go ahead. I just want to say there was, there was a book
1: uh, they changed writers back in new 52. I know this is really bad. We're bringing up new 52 here, but um, this was after he developed that new power, the the solar, whatever. Oh, where he just God, explodes. Explodes. oh the bomb thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But but he doesn't have his powers. Like for a day, he needs to charge or sleep or whatever. But Superman is still needed. And there was this guy who mugged this lady and then takes her hostage. And then the cops are in a standoff. So Superman just walks up to this guy yep. and just convinces him and tells him, you know, you should just put it down and just convinces the guy to turn himself in. And then he walks back and then Jimmy asks him, uh, Clark, you realize you could have died and, uh, something to that effect. But Clark mm-hmm. says, you think because I'm bulletproof, I go over there.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's, and that's just Clark. Mm-hmm. He just does the right thing. And yep. that's something we need particularly now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but let's go to Paul. Do you have another one? Cause I have three more.
2: I have the the fall of Metropolis. Wow! Fuck! Is that what I think it is? That's the 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 series of storylines that led to Action Comics number seven hundred, where basically Lex Luthor through Doctor Happerstein burns it all down. It's the culmination of the Luther clone storyline. And Um, all the other storylines that stemmed from just before the Death of Superman. It basically read like a season or series finale because it took all the storylines from all the titles for the past five years and just ended it in one fell swoop. This really felt like an anniversary issue with the 700th issue. And by the end of it, Metropolis was rubble. It was one of those where... Where um, Luther Luther had a contingency plan, where if he was going to fall, he was taking Metropolis with him, and his clone body was de- uh, degrading. And his after after almost it was about ninety four, so about eight years from the reboot on, Lex Luthor had gotten away with everything squeaky clean, and this time it everything just came to roost. The mighty had fallen, and he was about to concede defeat. But someone else—a uh, like I said, Doctor Happerstein, who was a uh who was assistant to Luthor—basically put the plan into motion, and Metropolis was reduced to rubble. And it was Superman and his supporting cast trying to get through it and trying to salvage what they could. But it just had an epic feeling of a of, of just a crescendo. And it was just one of the amazing sets of comics that I'd ever read.
1: It sounds like a precursor to no man's land, which was a Batman comic. Yes. Yes. Cause it's a very similar, uh, it's a very similar thing where the hero's city is completely ruined. Yes.
2: And the first, and the next few months were of issues dealt with the, the fallout and the aftermath. My only complaint about it was that it was effectively wiped away due to Zero Hour.
1: Ah, the the thing everybody loves.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: You know, you might
2: want to, I can hear your tongue sticking inside the inner lining of your mouth. You might want to pull it out of your
1: cheek. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I haven't heard anything negative at all about Zero Hour or Final Crisis
0: or Identity Crisis.
1: I don't think I've ever heard anything wrong about any of those editorial decisions. Oh,
0: I just realized what you were talking about from identity crisis. <laughs> Cause when you say identity crisis, you're saying one thing I'm thinking Spider-Man. Yeah. We know what you're thinking. Webhead. Just <laughs> Cause Spider-Man identity crisis was cool. Um, anyway not gonna
1: lie going back to earlier where you used to shit talk superman yeah. i feel the only reason you did most of that was because i was shit talking spider-man
0: uh no i i had very strong opinions against superman for years before you and i became friends
1: i well to be fair i've turned myself around on the web head good um i guess i'm partial to people that wear red and blue
0: yeah there we go (laughs) i was too Uh, growing up like spidey batman and superman were my guys and then you know i expanded a little more like flash and and spawn and shit but uh and green lantern uh adrian hit us with another one bud
1: so i said i had three more uh that's a total lie because the next two we've we've kind of covered them to death which was death of superman and superman red sun okay Uh, Number one for me is death. Uh, But this one, this one probably is going to fuck up Paul because this is probably the the most landmark story in Superman mythos. And that is whatever happened to the man of tomorrow. Yeah. If you want to talk about a fucking banger. Of an emotional set piece of an emotional arc where you literally see a book closing metaphorically, but still a book closing on not not just Superman Silver Age, but all of DC Silver Age in just that one book. That's the book to read. That
2: was weird for me because I bought action, uh, Superman Four. 23 in action five what was it f- no f- 586 or 585 the same week i bought man of steel number one so i read the ending and the new beginning in the same in the same setting and it was just weird
1: man, man of steel was a burn right yes yes the burn yeah.
2: and going back if you guys don't mind for a moment going back why I don't give you as much crap about birthright as I used to is because of the context that, yeah, I get the, the, the whole thing about being on the, on the f- first floor of something new. Cause that's the same thing that happened with me with burn. So I had to step back because I realized that for me, that burn era, that's my era of Superman. I mean, I loved Kurt Swan and, um, Danny O'Neill and Elliot S. Magnum and all their stories and such, but that was my Superman. And those stories were mine. And I will admit to a bit of ownership when uh birthright came out, it was kind of like obviating what I had grown with.
0: Hashtag not my Superman. Exactly.
2: <laughs> but by the same token, that's what previous Superman uh, fans felt when burn took over. Mm-hmm. That were older than me so um there are there are errors of Superman that we hold on to because they have that uh that representation of what we believe superman was but but it's part of us in terms of you know I was there when this was number one,
0: yeah, exactly,
2: so. Um, and I know I'm going on a whole dovetail here of a tangent and I apologize for that. No, no, no. This is the show to do it on. But, you know, (laughs) because that era was emotional for me, but it was also emotional because, yeah, uh, the Superman that I grew up with was even though it was couched as an imaginary story, but then again, aren't they all, um, it was a very poignant, powerful ending for the wholesale slaughter that it was. It uh, it was saying goodbye and, you know, not just in terms of the presentation, of the story, but metatextually, if you read the way um, Alan Moore scripted certain sequences like the Supergirl, Supergirl, you know, when she asked, where's her? Where's our future self, when she's visiting Superman, he says, Supergirl's in the past.
1: That hit hmm. my 15-year-old self like a punch in the gut. Fuck, man. For me, what hit was cool, where, e- yes, but also just him in the room of, like, in the room where where everything is around him of all the collectibles and the historical artifacts mm-hmm. of his famous fights and shit like that like like the back cave but he's there with his hand in his face and the the caption just reads he, he looked like he, as if he was crying yeah for your for this hero this this literal man of steel this dude that is the face of your of the company, the face of an entire movement of superpowers, and just the one who could do it all. For him to cry, it just it just brings you down. It just makes you feel he is just as human as we all are. Now, really quick, re- by the way,
0: can we just talk about like such an incredible like cross section of talent in whatever happened? In what happened to the Man of Tomorrow? Because you, you have, have, especially in Superman talent. Because you have Alan Moore, Kurt Swan, and George Perez, and George Perez for part one.
2: You yeah. can't be a Kurt Schaffenberger. for sure. part two.
0: Okay, you're right. I'm 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 a George Perez fan. I'm sorry. God. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's not an
2: indictment, but Schaffenberger. Is an unsung hero in the in the uh, Superman writers artist gallery.
0: I agree. It's just the reason I I mentioned George Paris so much is because I remember like uh, reading comics like his name on like the book cover of a book was like Mm -hmm. the first time I remember seeing a Latino on a book. Okay, which is a big deal for me. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, but yeah, it's just, again, and yeah, Schaffenberger too. It's just, it's such a cool cross-section of just incredible talent of that era of comic books. I
1: think uh, it takes a lot out of us when we when we think back to that book or we think back to other books. Mm-hmm. But um, let's see if you can lighten the load here, uh, Dr. Rude. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to. Um, oh, yeah. Let's bring it on. Well, I want to cry. Well,
0: no, no. Uh, It's just I'm going to be a little cheeky given the title of the episode, but All-Star Superman. Fuck you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's like such a cop out. I know, uh, but
0: but it's such a good fucking story, man. What if Superman had cancer? Yeah, but it's not (laughs) just what if Superman had cancer. It's it's a version of him preparing. It's a version where he gets to prepare for his own mortality which we don't get to see usually in the other versions of him facing mortality. You get me? Like when he faces his mortality against doomsday, he doesn't prepare for that. He right. dives in and is overwhelmed in this situation. He gets to prepare and it's really cool. And yeah, it's sad because he's dying, but it also leads to a lot of really like heartfelt and emotional moments. It also has a really good animated movie. It it's one it's for sure one of like the top 5 of the DC's animated movies.
1: But That's a really good book and a really good yeah.
0: animated movie. It I I think that just goes to to show like uh fucking I can't speak English. Uh how good of a story it is that it was so it it was adaptable and it worked in both mediums so well.
2: And in a sense, it's one of the more realistic, for all its fantastical elements, it's one of the more realistic presentations in that, what do you do with the time that you have left?
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: You spend spend so much time thinking, okay, I've got tomorrow, I've got tomorrow, now you've got 12 issues, 12 labors, as it were, Mm -hmm. of Superman trying to do what he can in the little bit amount of time that he has. Yep. That's about as human a
0: thing that anybody can do. Also, one thing too is I love how much this book doubles down on the fact that no, Superman and Clark Kent look nothing alike. Because <laughs> even when he fucking tells her, No, Lois, it's me. I'm Superman. She's like, Nah, you're not Clark Kent. You can't be. Get out of here. You're pulling my leg. Like, she doesn't believe it at first. It's like not a, like it takes time for her to be like, oh, OK, obviously. Like, it's such a doubling down on like, oh, Lois can't tell them apart. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like all of it, like the, the whole him spending time with her, him having dinner with Lois, like on the Titanic or in the fucking yeah. state room of the Titanic, whatever. Uh, just all of that, uh, you know, giving her powers, that whole bit, all of it. It's all so cool. And it's nice to see, like, it was a moment where he's like, I'm going to enjoy life for a bit. Which is cool. Yeah.
1: I, uh, I agree. I just didn't want to go that route. But still, All-Star Superman is a banger of a book. Um, honestly, it's one of two books where Lex wins that, we, that you have on your list. <laughs>
0: uh, wait, which one's the other one? Red Sun. I mean, I don't know. If, I guess fine. Lex wins, man. That's uh, that's
1: that's that's a thing that happens sometimes. Which reminds me, that's another thing that I hated
2: about the film, unless I'm misremembering, that the twist at the end wasn't followed up on.
0: I don't remember the end. Oh, animated the movie. one million uh,
1: Superman, one million. No, I'm talking. No, I'm talking about uh, Red Sun, where.
2: Where it's, you know, the, the Superman Luther connection.
1: Right. Where the son of Lex becomes like the, the, the great, 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 great grandson of Lex becomes a new Superman on another planet. Yeah. Yeah, that's well, that's actually a really good thing. Like
0: that was a really great twist. Well, I the, the, the I think the twist was even further than that. I think what they well, were I
2: thought trying it was was same Superman.
0: That's yeah. my reading of it. No, I think what they were trying to imply is that what we saw on uh, Superman Red Sun wasn't Earth at all, but was actually Krypton. And then they were implying that their Fucking thousands of years in the future, you know, the sun turns red and the fucking, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? The descendant of Lex Luthor, the name, the last name now turning into L is J- jor That's what it seemed like they were they were alluding to, to me anyway.
2: Okay, I'm going to have to reread that. Because now I'm, now I'm curious as to what the interpretation really is supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that they left that out of the movie left me cold to it.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, and then the end, and then also talking about like things that are just so cool from a little kid standpoint, like Adrian brought up, uh Superman 1 million or whatever the fuck it's called at the end of uh, All-Star Superman.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, where this is basically a reality bender Superman yeah. and it gave every kid ammunition during those versus arguments. <laughs> what about Where's Superman 1
0: million? Yeah,
1: you just you just whip that out and everybody's like it doesn't count, It doesn't count. Why doesn't it count? Why doesn't it count? Why does yours count and mine doesn't? You it's not know. Canon.
0: But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, because it, it's, it's, that's how it ends, right? Like, it ends with him flying off to the sun to repair it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he's just and like not seen for, like, a thousand years. A million, but yes. Okay, well, there you go. Whatever.
1: And we had other one million characters, but yeah. Superman was, like, so weird and out there, because mm-hmm. he had the S of, like, The Fleischer S, but it's all gold. Superman, like Superman's just pure gold. It was so weird and out
0: there, but it's such a great book. Fuck, what a great book. Yep. I agree, man. It's 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 such a that's another, you know, it's it's an Else Worlds, but that one, unlike Red Sun, is Superman. Like that is it's giving us some quintessential Clark Superman moments, which is dope. Give us another one, Paul. How many more do you got, Paul? Well,
2: I have one more. Really? Uh, I'm going to combine two of them because they kind of dovetail one to the other. And I say um, Action Comics number 500 and Superman The Secret Years. Okay. Action Comics 500 is essentially a Superman clip show. It's basically Superman's life story. Uh, it's a, uh, the grand opening of the Superman Museum in Metropolis. And Superman walks Lois, Jimmy, Lana, Steve Lombard, Morgan Edge, and all the cast at that time, plus uh, other individuals, through each of the rooms. So you get a history of Superman pre-crisis publication history. Krypton, um, Smallville, And each portion is poignant. And it does what Elliot S. Magnan started doing with the character, which was giving him more of what you would call the Marvel emotional heft. Where, as before, you'd have previous telling of of, uh, Superman's origin, for example, the death of Martha and Jonathan Kent. He'd be standing on their graveside, stoic, saying, yes, I'll go ahead and do that and be this hero. But Action Comics with 500 was the first time you see Clark by his father's bedside saying what good is a Superman if I can't save the people I love?
0: Yep, 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 yep. That's a great line.
2: And Jonathan dies trying to console Clark in that bedside and it's one of the best Kurt Swan emotional representations I'd ever read to this day. It's just that scene is just so powerful and it tries to, to human humanize Superman without going to the whole depowering thing. You're going through the emotional journey of his life through that. And then eventually Lex Luthor shows up and there's this whole clone thing or whatever. But in this comic, it's the journey not the destination, meaning the final page, that the 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 power of this story really is in. You just want to walk through Superman's life reading this comic. And then uh, a few years later, uh, just before Crisis, was a four-issue miniseries called Superman The Secret Years, which was... I never read that. In-
0: that I haven't read. It's uh it's four issues
2: with uh Clark leaving Smallville, but not yet Superman. Mm. So it's basically him at Metropolis University, and yes, there's the Lori Lamaris cameo in there, and there's Perry White, but Super Superboy learns a very harsh lesson. And in the blur?
0: No, I'm kidding, go ahead.
2: No, <laughs> No Clark learns a very harsh lesson in in the third one and you see you see Superman going through pre-crisis Superman going through growing pains which was uh not a uh, was unsettling to see him grappling with you know entering into actual adulthood and the covers by Frank Miller are absolutely stunning
0: yep 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 Wait, that's the same Frank Miller? Yeah. Yeah. The
2: same Frank Miller. You should see, just Google Superman The Secret Year covers. Yeah, I'm looking at them right now. And they're all spectacular, especially the fourth issue. Especially the fourth issue. And when you look at those covers, you wonder, how could this guy who draws these (laughs) scenes be the same asshat (laughs)
1: <laughs> writes
2: Superman the way he does in Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just it seems incongruous to me. But those issues uh, feature Kurt Swan and Kurt Schaffenberger, again. And uh, I believe Carrie Bates was the writer. And Carrie Bates wrote a lot of the pre-crisis Superman stories from the mid-70s on. And it's a really good read. It, it, it gives you the the more human aspect of uh superman both action 500 and that miniseries
0: i definitely need to i definitely need to uh, read the secret years i haven't read that so i I definitely want that i want to read that follow-up now you got to remember i'm really interested in exile from paul's you need to read exile exile's dope so really cool so adrian you don't have any more you said i'm out man i tapped out okay We never said this had to be Superman comics, right? No, we just said Superman
1: stories. Cool.
0: So, remember that oh, yeah. bit I said earlier mm-hmm. where, about how the coolest parts about Superman have nothing to do with his powers, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this next, my next entry throws all that out the window, though. Oh, okay. Because there's a moment I remember watching that just blew me away to such an extent that like, I still remember most of it to this day. Justice League Unlimited? That man won't quit as long as he can still draw breath. None of my teammates will. I've got a different problem. I feel like I live in a world made of cardboard. (laughs) I knew you were going there. Oh! and just that, uh, that we could t- always taking constant care not to break something or someone never letting myself lose control even for a moment or someone could die. But you could take it, can't you, big man? What we <laughs> have here is a rare opportunity for me to cut loose and show you just how powerful I am. Like that shit, man. And he just fucking... Ball lays it down like little kid me, like flipped my fucking Lunchable. Like, I threw my fucking Sega Genesis controller at the screen. Like, I I know this is anachronistic, I don't care. It was just such a great moment from like all so many great moments in you know the DC animated universe, but that moment for Superman where he just got to, uh, James, yeah. 30-year-old me was right...
2: 30-something-year-old me was right there with you. No, so I... Yelling at the TV screen going, Yes! Yes, motherfucker! Yes! Yeah. Yeah. I was there with you.
0: Yeah. It, it's, it's... It's... Yeah, we were all there. It, it, again, it, it's such a cool moment. And again, I know it's just him being powerful, but it's because he's left in this moment where he sees, like, the will to fight in Batman... And he sees like the situation he's in, and he has this moment where he's like, "I can't let this continue. Right. I have to pull. I have to pull out all the stops." And what we, get yeah, is I mean the the entire league is like taking L's at that point. Oh yeah, he's like the last man standing right there. Mm-hmm. And oh, just the the wreck. He just takes in the church, dude. It's so good. Ah.
1: So here's my question to both of you. Yes. Because as much as I love that moment, I also love almost as much um, Superman fighting Dark Side in uh, in oh what was it? Superman Batman? Not I don't think it was Public Enemies. Apocalypse. Apocalypse.
0: On the farm. Yeah. Yeah, on the farm. Yeah. How do you feel good. about that moment? That was good. It just didn't. Ha- it was awesome. It just didn't have that same like. I don't know, just the speech, it's such a, I can't, I'm, I'm so. I'm excited right now. Like, I'm pumped just thinking about that speech.
2: <laughs> so Superman, Batman, Apocalypse was more of a Supergirl story, though. That's, so that's true. So that takes a lot of the oomph out of that confrontation, because the story is not about Superman and Darkseid. That's true. It's about Kara. It's about Supergirl.
0: So... And I'm only going to mention one other one just because it's an honorable mention and only because it relates to the world of Cardboard. Another story that gave us kind of a similar situation was uh, what's so funny about truth, justice, and the American way? Oh, I was waiting for somebody to bring that one up because uh, A, I love the elites, I love Manchester Black,
1: yeah, what a great character! I,
0: yeah, I think he's awesome, and then just at the end, when he pushes Superman to like kind of scare him a little bit, and by a little bit, I mean a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Like seeing Superman get kind of scary, but like it was really cool to realize that he was in control pretending to be out of control. Mm -hmm. And that was a really cool moment because it was very un-Superman like, but still like a clever way for him to solve the problem he had. He's like, "Okay, I need to pull out all the stops, but I can't actually be a monster. But the only thing that can stop these guys is a monster as bad as them. Oh, I'll just pretend and he does it and it's cool. It's but it's another moment where he ha- gets to like let loose and really like fuck some shit up, which is cool. And it was Dennis Janke
2: on odd tours and he made Manchester Black and that final
0: panel look like he had literally shit his pants. Yep. Mhm. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, no there was definitely a mess in the in Manchester Black uh, pantaloons for sure. Uh, I think that's about it, right, for our our all-star Superman list. I think that that about wraps me up. What about you, boys? I'm uh, done. I've got one honorable mention. Hit it. All right. If you guys can search them
2: out again, pre-crisis era. Um, as you, I'm not sure if you guys know, but uh, the reason why there weren't any Superman the movie or Superman two novelizations was because Mario Puzo had a clause in his contract that if there were going to be any novelizations, he would get a major cut.
0: Oh, what? No, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah.
2: Yep, because he had screenplay credit. And um, DC went an alternate route and commissioned Elliot S. Magan to write two novels. The first one, which uh, tied tied in in terms of release date, was Superman, The Last Son of Krypton, And the second one was Superman Miracle Monday. Huh. And uh, the novel form of Superman Last Son of Krypton is kind of like um, Action Comics number 500 because it goes into Clark's upbringing, his career as Superboy, and then um, fighting an alien intelligence that means to destroy him. Gotcha. And then the second one, Miracle Monday, is literally Superman versus the devil. What? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. There's a holiday in the future, which is known as Miracle Monday. And a character named Kristen Wells is sent to travel back into the past to find out what the myth is behind Miracle Monday. Why is it celebrated? And... Miracle Monday has to do with Superman's encounter with the devil. And Kristen Wells would go on to, in the comic books, become the very little-seen Superwoman between 1982 and 1985.
1: Oh, okay. Interesting. You know what's funny about that Last Son of Krypton bit? Mm -hmm. Richard Donner wrote a book called Last Son of Krypton. Hmm where it's a it's a graphic novel that came out like in the mid 2000s i want to say right with Jeff and, Jones. right and and there's a kid that that's zod's kid but he comes out of the phantom zone he doesn't remember where he's from and clark kind of adopts him yeah and names him Jonathan, you know, the whole thing. And then Zod comes out and he's like, that's my boy. And they have the whole fight, yada, yada, yada.
2: And then he eventually became the new Nightwing
0: for Kandor along with someone else for Flamebird. Really quick. I just, since I want to end on a note of like, you know, Superman's powers don't matter. His heart does. Mm-hmm. I didn't put this on my list because it's on a story arc, but uh, Superman number... Seven. What the fuck was it? Hang on. Number 701. That's the one where he saves the girl who's going to jump off the building. Yes. Oh, uh, what a beautiful fucking story. It's yes. just one yes. book, one story, no fighting. It's just Superman having a fucking heart and it's beautiful. It's that's, that's one of those that's one of those moments that I'm talking about where Superman's powers don't matter. Him being the best of us is what matters. And that's a great example of it.
2: And that's a great way to close it. Yeah. Uh,
0: this I, has been a uh, beefy uh, solar charged episode and I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, uh, if, you got a, if you got any lists, let us know, guys. Yeah, absolutely. If there's anything you want us, you want us to talk about, also let us know. Paul, tell the people online where they can find you. They can find me at http backslash
2: backslash colon american culture critic one word.com there you go
1: uh adrian did this man does include http <laughs> yes he did he,
0: www in front of it that's why he, he he's a <laughs> uh, he he's a 90s internet instructional video uh, uh, i Mavis beacon <laughs> teach me how to type adrian uh, where do they find you Adrian MDOD and Dr. Rude, where can we find you? On Twitter, you can find me at Dr. Rude MD, Dr. Rude MD. And you can find fan freaks everywhere on on Facebook and on Twitter, F A N F R D
1: E K S. And uh, of course, uh, next week, I will not be here, but uh, James and Bone King will. So see you later,
0: boys. It's going to get spooky. Later, freaks. Later, guys.